Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hi, good evening. Hi. We have Steve, also known as GMS. Hi, Steve. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. All right. As promised, this is bait review show number two this year. Um, we were talking before the show. I'm going to make an announcement. Uh, we are going to hold these, what is it, a raffle or an auction or whatever we're doing with these baits. What What is it, Vance? Yeah, I think I'm going to hold these raffles until after the holiday season. Um, and we'll just do the... Uh, the auctions you know in the first quarter of the year and as long as it's done before the musky max for our uh, for the donation um for muskies inc i think will be good so look for them early uh january february of next year okay so just just so we're clear we're not holding these for ourselves we we just uh we we feel that in current economic conditions it's going to be best if we wait till after the holidays and Correct. we have some evidence to back this up so it's not just us being lazy though um we could be accused of that but that's not it i assure you <laughs> we're stealing the base <laughs> i'm gonna steal them for the rest of the year and yeah. then i gotta give them back <laughs> anyways they're mine uh, this show is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com is the website. Um, it's already midway through September. Can you believe that? It's messed up, man. It goes quick. It sure does. And walking out to the barn tonight, I don't know if you get, like, there's there's the fall nip in the air. It's not going to be daytime highs, you know, fall-like here in the next week or so, but you're starting to get that smell, that feel to it. Mm-hmm. We went through all the stages of summer, and uh, here we are. Um, but with that being said, you know, fall fatties, you know, that's that's a typical thing. You know, fall trolling, that's what people like to talk about. Sucker fishing, you know, all of that stuff is upon us. So if you're looking to set up your boat with some nice rod holders, you know, you want to talk to this guy, and I'm pointing to myself. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you can you can reach out on Facebook or Instagram, on the website. You know, you can find all the good contact information there. Um, you know, I'm almost daily helping out with boat setups, you know, questions here and there. And, you know, what what do I do for this or that? And that's um, kind of what I'm here to do. So uh, feel free. There's no there's no stupid questions, though. I do give stupid answers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And just remember, an answer without a question is a statement. Well, <laughs> I quoted Mayor West from uh, Family Guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really nice. I know. So, uh, Adam. what? Isn't it Adam West? It's well, I just know him as Mayor West. It could be Adam. Adam West is Batman, isn't he? <laughs> is it the Batman from the seventies where they where Vance? Remember sending that video where they're like. Doing those stupid seventies dances, Batman. <laughs> it, I, I think it was, but I, on that guy that I'm thinking of is Adam West is off a of Family Guy, and it was like a flashback scene, and he'd like jump trash cans with a bike, but like 
he got on fire instead. <laughs> I mean, that was so sad. But anyway. Okay, anyways, uh, bait-wise, I think I'm down to two stingers. If anyone's interested, I have two stingers. <laughs> I sold the other two a couple days ago. <laughs> There's been some like really irrational stinger buys too. It, it, they are not following any kind of trend. The only thing I can think of is some of those YouTube videos that that sprung out this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing was, is I have like, I think it's a perch. I think it's a perch. I could look, but I'm not getting out of my chair to do it. A perch. I, I had a perch, two blacks, and a fire tiger. I bet you can't guess what left. Uh. The fire tiger. I sold two blacks. Uh, I was just going to say two blacks. I was going to say it. They they went to Pittsburgh. They went nice. to Pittsburgh. Like I, it, it's so. I was I was blown away by that. Picked up two of them, and both of them were blacks. And, and the reason being is, Vance, do you remember how long we held on to black stingers before? Dude, yeah, that's not good, man. It was orange Julius. Now it's black stingers. There's some of them. Some of the black stingers still had the white on their nose. Yeah, yeah, not not anymore. Those those got uh, those are no longer in the gene pool. <laughs> I, I I forcefully removed them earlier this spring. I, I did think you it, uh, did you did you mess up and like double uh, paint black at one point? There was something about that, but now now there's there's zero inventory in the black. Which is good. I mean, it might have taken us like two seasons, but I remember like you just were like, "Good God! Like, why do I have all these colors?" Yeah, that's what happens when you, you... singular color, singular color. Excuse me. Right. The um, what happens when I have stuff like that have been drying on the wheel and maybe you know taken off and put away until um assembly but they're kind of not on the rack yet but they're not like visible and they're just put away and you're like well i guess i gotta paint these again (laughs) and being that it's a single color it goes very quickly so you're just like well i guess this is what it is and for some reason people didn't like get that color a lot and then they wanted they wanted staples you know like mud puppy or like gold rapala or whatever uh and like we had blacks prior to that, and then Andy like doubled it, <laughs> and and now they're they're all gone. It's it's oh, it is so crazy how like you can't even predict what people are going to want, and that's the whole point of why we're discussing this. Um, so with that said, predicting what people want, um, bait wise, I really don't got anything. But Team Rhino Musky Tackle Online, check them out. Um. Uh, let's see here. I hit the rod holders. I uh, hit the baits. Hogan's Hut, O'Donnell's. I will say this. Uh, I'm going to give a little quick shout out here to the Musky Max Plus. Uh, first weekend in March. I'm going to get you know better details, and we'll talk about it. You know as as we start approaching. Uh, our booth is reserved, so we are we are there, and um, same spot as always. I, I love that spot. So. Um, Anyone looking for a good time, be sure to check us out there. It will be here before you know it. Even though it's like six months away, it's going to be here fast. So, yep. Yeah, right. this is just going to fly by, and we're going to be in bait mode here soon. It's going to suck. 
It's going to be the best time of our life. It is. <laughs> I'm hiring Steve to do painting. Oh, man, you know what that'll look I'll like? Paint. I'll paint. No, I mean, you should see, what was it, Chocolate Thunder? Yeah, man. <laughs> I bet you it was good. I mean, it probably was good. No, it was not good. <laughs> it was like hand acrylic paints I was painting with because my girls were painting them. They so, do, oh, good stuff. do this. They do really good work. What's that? There's a lot of detail in those water paints. Yeah, well, not mine. <laughs> your daughter kicks your ass at it. All oh, three of geez. them. All three of them. Did you, did you see them, Vance? Yeah, I saw them. And like, oh, you the, saw my you saw my chocolate thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Andy held that one away from me, so I didn't think less of you. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly would have. You saw that thing. I just thought, oh, hey, okay, this is the 12-year-old, 10-year-old, and this is the one-year-old? Is that this one? <laughs> oh, that's Steve. <laughs> no, but but your the, your one daughter like uh, did like a whole like lake scene and uh, landscape, and then had these like tree layers. There was trees, but there were you could tell that it was a dense forest. There was like trees behind trees behind trees behind trees. Yeah, that, that was, was a, last year's one. That was, that was last year's one. I'm not sure if Vance had seen the new ones yet. Well, maybe I haven't. Dude, they, they upgraded their skills, I'll tell you that. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like oh, so, some of these better. are like hand, hand-painted hand fruits in, in a non-repeating, like, just line. And there's there's some detail involved with that. There's the baby Yoda from Mandalorian. Yeah, and eating a frog. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> All right, and then, then chocolate thunder. <laughs> I want to talk. About, I want to. I want to bring that in into uh, play here when we're talking about baits. But uh, we could we could start the lore review and I'll, I'll work in. Well, we, we first got to talk about Muddy Creek. Oh shoot! Yeah, um, we're good tonight. Muddy, <clears throat> Muddy Creek fishing guides mcfishingguides.com um, Todd's full for the year I'm full for the year I'm booking into next year um, we'll be starting in Pennsylvania in April we'll be going all the way till November 30th uh, up at Chautauqua Lake in 2023 if you know when you're coming uh, in 2023 get a hold of us sooner rather than later I probably have about I don't know 60 70 days left that I could do for next year. Uh, so get a hold of me if you want to get out. If not, uh, Toddy will be there to take you as well. Uh, when you come and fish with us, you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats. Uh, shout out to Ranger Boats for sponsoring the show. And get all your Ranger Boat needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. And Star Welds. Tritons, Rangers, uh, used inventory now. Used inventory is sitting a little bit longer, by the way, right now, at least from what I've what I've been been told. So, if you're looking for a boat, you know maybe this year, maybe next year, that market might boom, and you might have a lot of options. Uh, so be sure to check them out. They are fishermen who set up fishing boats. And that's it for me. Did I say, no, wait, no. St. Croix Rods. Forgot about them. 
I have two in the warranty department right now off of bad snags, which were nowhere near bad snags, but I just broke the rod anyway. Um, <laughs> and they're going to get that thing back to me very quickly. Uh, and that's why we love St. Croix. So give them a, a fair shake. They got a great, the best warranty in the business. They don't ask any questions. Perfect. Um, you want to know how I broke that rod? Well, I mean, it was a bad snag, but it really wasn't. So, I mean, that narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this big fish hit. And, I mean, it was just taken. And uh, I got the rod, and I was about to hand it off to the client, and it got off. And I was so I, – I just – something, like, overcame me. And I smacked the rod down. It was a down rod. It was a seven footer. I smacked the rod on the on the water and just said, like, dang it. Um, but I hit my uh like C star system, the the steering thing. Okay. And it broke it broke like six inches from the tip down. So the the rod was broken. <laughs> and then uh Did it get the fish back at least? Uh it got the lure back. And then at that point, I told the client to look the other way. I smashed it again, and then it was in two pieces. And then I said, look up there one more time, and I smashed it again, and it was in three pieces. <laughs> and then uh, I took the reel off, took all the, the line and stuff that was, was messed up off, and uh, yeah, just ditched it. Promptly took a big chunk out of your sweatshirt. No, I didn't do that. But the the cool thing about that, they don't even want the rods back anymore. You know, they just want you to send pictures of it, the serial number, um, the model number, and that's it. So like you don't have you don't have to bust them. Uh, I didn't break them out of aggression or being angry. I busted them because that's what I was used to doing. You had to cut these things down and send them back in a manila envelope. But you don't even have to do that anymore. You just, you know, pitch them, recycle them, and boom, they send you another one. Hmm. So when you send them a picture of, like, the rod in four pieces, they don't ask. It's like, okay, thanks for the photo. Here's, Here's your new one. Pretty much, yeah. Man, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I mean, who the heck really has used the warranty and been super honest about what happened with it? <laughs> well, I mean, initially you weren't, but then now you are. <laughs> I'm being, I'm being like completely honest with it. I mean, I go back to when I was like 16 years old and like had a ultralight rod in, in my trunk, and I smashed it like five times from the trunk. And they just kept giving me another one. And I would say it was a bad snag, but it was just because I smashed, I continued to smash it. Intentionally. Not intentionally at all. Just like a complete lapse of mind. You know, very stupid, but I mean, that's why they're the best. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking about the best, if you're looking to get new flooring in your boat, Look no further than Aquatraction. 
Aquatraction. You may have heard me say something about it once or twice in the past, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again. If you're wondering what Aquatraction is all about, it is a 100% cross-linked, closed-cell polyethylene foam that is stain-resistant. There's no shrinking, no peeling. This is built for your boat. That means they're going to get inside there. They're going to measure it. You know, you, you got to make it to your boat, so they need your boat. You know, this stuff outperforms EVA foam in like every single category. It's non-slip. It's easy to clean, sound dampening. It provides style and comfort. Great turnaround and the best warranty in the industry. If you're in our area, like the uh, Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio, you know, West Virginia, possibly even New York, uh, our local dealer is AMF Marine. And you can contact them at Nick at amfmarine.com. Uh, that is his email. You can also go to amfmarine.com for the website. And, uh, you know, check out Aquatraction. Follow them on uh, social media. All right, Steve, let's hear yours. Well, I got one. Uh, SH Fish and Sticks, custom rod maker. Uses a lot of St. Croix blanks. Uh, again, I've talked about custom rods for how many years now when I, when I was on the show. So, you know, I'm a big advocate of it. And uh, who haven't, who, those who haven't tried it don't really know the difference and joy of fishing that lure. You know, so those days when you're skunked, they feel so much better because you have that good equipment behind what you're fishing. So uh, just uh, Scott will take care of you if you look them up on Facebook. That's it. Perfect. All right. We got three. Okay, we got three baits that we tested. Now, of these three baits, there was a duplicate. Two of the same crankbait was tested. And uh, that's actually going to be the first one that we're talking about tonight. Um, this is kind of a kind of a neat thing here because you know how um, we've talked about like magic wood and stuff like that and different baits and how wood has different action? Well, in these two baits, they have... They're a little bit different from each other, but they're also similar in many ways. But this is this is what you mm -hmm. get with a wood bait. Um, the first one is from Spray, uh, Spray Bomb Bait Company. Um, you can find Andrew. His uh, his name is Andrew I. You can find him on Facebook. That's kind of like where you're going to want to look there. Um, he does have a private Facebook page. It is a private seller's group. Um, that's where he mostly sells his, uh, his baits. You can also, uh, at the Musky Max, we had already talked about the Musky Max. His private Facebook group is similar to, uh, DK's. It's a draw to buy system. So if anyone's familiar with that, that's what he's, he's doing as well. Um, this crankbait, it's, it's a four inch bait. It is made of cedar. It's a screw eye bait. It's a flat-sided bait that is routered. So if you can kind of envision that, you have a, you know, a planed-out board. You go ahead and cut the profile, then you run it around a router. Round around. I said around it pretty good. Round around. Okay, anyways. Uh, in total, you know, this is in, in discussion with him. Um, he has four coats of epoxy. He hand-cuts his lips. So he's making his, uh, his lips himself. And they are pinned. He has a, uh, you know, an estimated dive curve about three to one, meaning for every three foot out, it's about a foot deep from what he says. And, uh, you know, some of them have a slight wander. And uh, 
kind of like he, he likes to run them about the four mile an hour range, but he's tested them up, you know, higher than that, you know, maybe close to six. Uh, that's a little bit there about the bait, but I, I think I jumped ahead on this a little bit. So, um, 2019, early of 2019, um, Andrew was playing around with some gliders and, uh, kind of, uh, you know, friends were doing it. So, you know, if your friends do something, eventually you kind of want to do it too. So that's kind of like how he started getting into it. Uh, he did give a big shout out to fret holder, uh, for helping him in building. And uh, to Fred holdering his hand a little bit. That's uh, you know, I that <laughs> little bit. I like that. I, I like that a lot. Um, this bait, 2022, was its public debut. Uh, I asked him about, hey, give me any kind of stories or anything anecdotal, you know, something something fun about this bait. And uh, he told me this. Uh, so far, he has lost two giants on the bait. And caught some small ones. <laughs> he says, I just can't seem to catch fish on my baits. So uh, that's uh, that's that's where he's at running his his, uh, his baits. And, uh, you know, these are not the only thing he makes. I would say he's probably more known for gliders and stuff. But he also has on the next bait review, there's going to be another, another uh, build bait. So let's see... Uh, Vance, they're sitting in front of you, right? They're sitting in front of me, yeah. Nice four-inch profile. Uh, the two colors that we'll be showcasing uh, for the fundraiser, this seems to be a shad. And the other one, I would say that this is called ice-cold perch almost. Yes, like that Team Rhino color. I'm actually, yeah. I'm right now, uh, I'm scrolling through my phone. I want to, I want to pull up these baits because I did ship them out. I would, I would, I would agree. Yeah. That that's like a an ice. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would agree. The, uh, the shad is also a glittered bait. It is a glittered bait. Yes, it is. So kind of showing, showing off two techniques there for, for, for painting, painting over glitter. Mm-hmm. And then also a little bit of sponge work, uh, looks like on both of them. Mm-hmm. A little bit of sponge work on both of them. Uh, some nice, like, faint, detailed scales on the shad, which, I mean, it, it does, it, of course, it's not, like, completely scaled, but uh, just, like, really nice touches to this bait uh, that you would pick up and look at and be like, oh, look, he did this, he did that. Uh, there's a little bit of, like, everything perfect on this bait when it comes to the paint job. And I love these, like, solid, uh, like, the solid white belly on this shad. It's just, like, beautiful, brilliant white is awesome. Okay. On baits. It really makes everything else pop on it, and uh, he nailed that on there. Something for people who haven't painted baits, having a small bait can be a challenge to paint. You don't have a lot of room to get stuff done. And so, like, everything kind of has to be detailed, or you just say, I'm going to keep things big, but I'm going to cut things down. Like, instead of putting five bars on a perch, you're putting three bars. You know, thing, things like that. And, you know, it, it, it it's nice to see a clean a clean job on, on, a, such, on a smaller bait. So, um, For sure. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. yeah. On that, that shad uh, is, is, what would you call, like, a, 
I'm looking at a photograph here. What color glitter would you call that? Almost like a champagne kind of color? I would call it a champagne color. Yeah, and then there's a, a, a nice subtle like blue to black uh, back to it uh, that goes into a green glitter on the top of it. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Great paint job. Okay, and and, and a uh, ice cold perch. You're uh, you're dealing with like a white. Ice, what's that? Yeah, the ice cold perch. It's you know white face and a white tail. In the middle, it, it's a hard yellow. Um, and the belly on it is orange, solid orange. Uh, it's a very dense yellow color. It's really not like a vibrant one. It's more natural looking. If if anyone can remember back when I was doing Goldie in that color, that's that's. That's what before you were corrected. But yeah, but yeah, ye- when I was painting that for years and people were secretly making fun of me behind my back, it was, was no that way yellow. I, was <laughs> I wasn't making fun of you. I just brought it to your attention. I was like, why are we painting Goldie like this? Because no one told me otherwise. That's why. <laughs> well, I called it yellow. <laughs> Instead of Goldie. Because it's yellow. Anyways, yeah, so that I was making fun of myself. But anyways, some, something about this little four, just uh, you know, aesthetic wise, he doesn't have anything like flashy on this one, so that makes it really difficult to uh, not to to hide errors. Uh, like say, you know, there's you, you're not hiding it behind other layers of of scaling and, and, and glitteries so, and exactly, exactly. So. You know, he has a white head and a white tail and, uh, you know, a color in between. There's really not much uh, overspray with that. And a way to, like, hide that stuff when you're painting is to scale it. Like, if you, if you scale it, then that all disappears. But Andrew's been painting for a while now, much more talented at painting than me. And you can uh, you can tell in, these, in the lines of this face. Very, very well done. Okay. So well done, he didn't need to scale it. There you go. Clean lines. Both baits, mm. two two different styles. Okay. So with that, are we going to have issues who decides to talk first on how they ran? No. <laughs> I just wanted to check. I can, uh, since I was uh, a bit offended um, and I was just trying to fit in with uh, America being offended and I will <laughs> give the floor just to Steve uh, first. Okay. And be the better man, the bigger man. <laughs> okay. All right, Steve. So I, I gave you these, now. I so gave you these baits over studio, fourth. You know. yep. What's that? I, I gave you these baits like over the week of the fourth. Yep. And uh, you got to run them about that time. So I interrupted you, so continue. No, no, no. Uh, So what was interesting about these baits, like I said, they look very similar, except for the paint jobs, of course, but everything else looks like it's almost the same construction. So I put the uh, shad one on, and out of the gates it ran. I I didn't even have to tune the dang thing. It ran straight and has a really, really kind of like a tight thumping wiggle. Um, And it just was very consistent. I took it past like five and a half miles an hour, and that sucker just stayed straight as an arrow, tight wiggle. Um, again, and I, I'd, I'd probably agree with the, the three to one. I mean, I didn't let it out 
you know, a ton or nor I could see it, but where I was letting it out, where I could see it go down, I, that's, that's a, probably accurate. I'm sure it has some limit once you get way out there, like all the other baits do, but, but for the short lining and, and mid range, I think that's a pretty decent estimate. Mm-hmm. Now the interesting thing is when I put the uh, yellow perch on or ice perch, again, it ran good and had that tight wiggle, but that the, the thing would wander too. And so it had like a, a really cool, tight action but then it would kind of fade out to the right and then come back and fade out to the left and kind of come back and, and always kept that consistent tight wiggle but had that kind of drift left and right so in theory these two baits uh, complement each other quite well because if you want that tight line straight ahead uh, bait uh, that, that shad does it if you want something that has a little bit of uh, water but still kind of that tight tight uh, uh, tight wiggle to it that, than that ice perch so I'm not Sure, what the, the difference is, to, to the untrained eye, I couldn't really tell a difference, but they certainly acted differently, which was, again, cool to see because... Uh, well, it's it's a wood bait. Keep that in mind. Yeah. It's a wood bait, and then also the the glitter process. That that kind of changes... So I was I was going to I was going to make mention of that. I mean, one of these could be the magic wood, you know, that there is inconsistencies, but uh, with wood baits, but I, I was... I was going to ask you that, Andy, when, when it comes to glittering baits, um, sometimes there's another layer on there, uh, and it makes things run differently. Would you say that putting another layer of epoxy on a bait makes it, it changes, it makes it run either more straight or does it like, is it, is this one, is the shad one? thumping harder and staying more true because it has another layer of epoxy on it and is the ice cold perch one walking a bit because it has less epoxy on it i don't know what went into it but that you can just you know in theory when you add epoxy to a crankbait what do you think it does okay so there's there's a whole bunch of different things that can go on um i mean and we're making the assumption that there might be another one it could also just be you know, so so there's a lot of things that could t- make these things different. I mean, injection molded baits. Sometimes you don't get two to run exactly the same, but a hand cut lip. You know, yeah, you're going to be as consistent as you can be, but nothing's perfect there. Um, wire bending, but kind of getting back to what uh, you were saying, Vance. Um, let's just say there is an extra layer of epoxy. There might not be, but an extra layer of epoxy, especially on a small bait. You know, it could add 30 to 40 thousandths per side, you know, making it about a 16th of an inch wider. I know that, like, on some of the early gliders that we made, the the two-hook stingers, when I put that coat of epoxy on it, it killed some of the action of just the, a ridiculously awesome bait. And, you know, that epoxy, I would almost kind of say that it's the density of water because it didn't really it didn't really seem to mess stuff up with the float or the sink on a Raptor. So if, so now you got to try to average a density. So if you have wood that like the cedar, which is less dense than water, it wants to float, but then you make its volume bigger. You're actually increasing its average density. Like if you're taking it per, per unit and it, it, it can play a, play a role in it. And plus glitter has some weight to it. You know, it's, you know, I bet you glitter weighs more than paint. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
They're, and I'm, they're... I'm sitting here hold, holding these in both hands, and I'm saying that the glitter one weighs just a little bit more. And the other thing is, is like, did you get it from the middle of the tree? Did you get right. it on the edge of the tree? You know, did the mm-hmm. tree have various growth rates? And you got, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. But the the thing is with magic wood, you know, and I, I think about this more because uh, I'm going to actually kind of bring up this conversation on, on the next bait we're talking about because he brought up, he brought up some, some points that I never really thought about so much, but I'll talk more about that later. Someone's magic wood here might not be someone's magic wood elsewhere. And where someone might say this, this just bait isn't, doesn't work for me could be someone's magic wood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not saying that, you know, these baits because one has a little wander and the other one doesn't, um, they, you know, at, at times I'm sure you want a bait that runs straight. You don't want it going all over the place. Other times you're like, give me something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that wander, I don't, you know, from, talking prior to the show i don't think that that wander was like a bad thing it's not extreme it's not no, extreme no, no, at all. No. you know it, it just kicks out occasionally you know it might run i i say true and true could be wandering it could be straight but when i say true i just mean like it's tracking straight yeah and then give it 10 seconds and you just get this little flutter out back out back then it comes back then it finds the center again yeah. And uh, that's what's cool about these little things. It, you know, I, I don't think any of this was done intentionally, you know, to give us like one that walks and, and one whatever. But I can tell you this. I would want one of each. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so like what could be better? Yeah. That, yeah. It, yeah. You, you just never know what you're going to get with, with wooden baits where you find one that has like a little magic to it, like a walk. Right. And then there's the other times you just like, no, I want you to stay put. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that, why you have to buy handfuls of them. And, and, you know, that's, that's exactly why people do that stuff too. <laughs> yeah, well, well, if you buy one, you might as well buy 10 and then you can sort through <laughs> the one that you like the best and you're going to leave it out there the longest and then it's going to catch the most fish. And, and it's, it's all because it had the action you wanted, not because it spent 10 times longer out there than all the other baits. <laughs> Dude, I have definitely done that, though. Like, I've gotten baits, and because they're wood, they're inconsistent. I'm like... Okay, okay so, so the, the build process... I want to I I clarify. The build process, the shape, and everything is the same, but you can't control parts of the, the wood. That's, I just want to make sure. Yes. And so, like, if I wanted a perch bait from whatever company and it's a wooden bait you know i might order three of them to find the one that i really really like why stop there by the company i was was airing uh inside of not trying to be embarrassed it's more like 10 (laughs) 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 so yeah that's uh yeah, that, that that's kind of just a neat thing, and I'm I'm curious. You know, I haven't really talked to you guys on the other. Well, Vance hasn't. He might. I'm sure Vance has already had these other baits, but he hasn't touched the uh, the other bigger cranks that we're going to be viewing next time. But um, to to see you know consistencies between because you know cedars are very popular, very popular uh, 
building material. I'm going to be very disappointed if they don't. One doesn't stay straight and one doesn't walk. I can tell you that. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay. But I, lo- I love, I mean, I think it's cool and I think it's gracious that he gave us, you know, two of each. And it played out where, yeah, they're the same bait, but they're doing slightly different, different things. Slightly yeah. different things, which is cool. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get to the point to where we're going to kind of wrap this, uh, talk about how kind of get on the, the tail end here of like a wrap up on this. And I have to go back to, uh, the old dictionary, the word we created on the crank baitiness scale. One being a tight 10 being a wide. How would you rate these baits action? Man. Am I still first or, or second? Yeah, go ahead. You're first. Man. So they both have a real tight wobble, I think, in the two range. Um, but because of the, the drift of the ice perch, even though it's still tight, I'm going to go like three and a half range. But they're still they're both real tight. I mean, they're, they're definitely not that wide so, wobble so you, kind of crank. Bait. You're taking that, that, that wander a bit in demoting the super tight crank baitiness scale. And saying it's going to be about like two to three and a half average. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going like tightness on a linear line, that that white one's like there, man. That sucker. I mean, again, it, the, the, you know, it's just a real tight, uh, straight as can be, all the way up to five and a half miles an hour. And then the, the ice perch, you know, has the same tight, but again, the whole thing kind of drifts one way or another. Like Van said, every ten seconds or so, it kind of and it doesn't go far. I mean, maybe six seven inches one way and kind of comes back but uh but you're, you're taking it off center so that's why it's a little bit high and, and the whole time that it it kicks it's still holding a tight wiggle oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah like yeah, this yeah. this isn't a walking bait that would ruin a spread you know no 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 no, no way <laughs> like it's not like a a headlock yeah next, right no. next to something you know mm-hmm. it's uh it, it's just got a u- unique action my crank baby nips uh, I'm just going to put it at a five um, because some thump really hard. Some have that little scatter to it. I really think they're, uh, they're great little machines and uh, that uniqueness um, in the bait puts me right down the middle with it. Okay. Um, when and where would you run it? Uh, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, I, I think you can run these all season long. Um, pick where it shines, uh, where it shines. I would, uh, I would say in the summer, you know, at, at four to four and a half miles an hour. Okay. No where, where would you like to have it at? Would you uh, like to have it small lakes, big lakes, deep water, shallow water, prop water? I would like to have it um, at a reservoir, for sure. In uh, in deeper water, it's a pretty it's a it's a it's a deep bait. I, I think that it gets it gets uh, deep quick. Okay. One foot to three. I mean, it's it's pretty. When when I use them, they disappear very fast. Uh, so, yeah, reservoirs deeper don't get it snagged okay (laughs) 
Steve? Well, again, I'm not a trolling expert, but I, I, I agree with Vance on the speed thing. So that's definitely a, something I think could shine in the summer. And I think you could short line. He's pretty, pretty shallow if you wanted, but if you did want to get him deep, they have that capability. So I think it has a lot of variability in it. If you want to hit the, like you know, I, I hand lead. you that bait and say, you can only fish this in one spot, like depth uh, not, and all that stuff. Where, where yeah, is your idea? Probably, uh, man, you're like deeper water off of a little bit out from the weed line. I'd assume probably going four and a half. That sucker holds speed well and, uh, it can get you some depth quick. So, yeah. Okay. Perfect. So with that, what's that? Andrew's got talent. I mean, he he makes great glides and, you know, getting in the crankbait game, he's doing really well. Okay. Oh, and I forgot to mention this bait. I I had in parentheses. It is the name of the bait. I apologize, Andrew, for coming up late. I'm I'm reviewing my sheet before I kind of do the the wrap up here. It is called the Teeth Seeker, which, believe it or not, is not easy for me to pronounce those words back to back. (laughs) Teeth Seeker. Because it sounds like Heat Seeker, and I'm like, Teeth Seeker. I had to, like, there's a lot of E's and T's. Yeah. Um, Anyways, okay, so we got a four-inch crankbait. Um, it's called the Teeth Seeker. It's a cedar screw-eye. It is a uh, flat-sided routered bait with four four coats of epoxy, hand-cut lips. Uh, you can find them on his private sales Facebook page. Uh, so look up Spray Bomb Bait Company. Uh, he will admit you if you send a request to... Well, he might not admit you, but he's, he's the gu- gatekeeper, I'm going to say that much. So... Um, you can also buy them at the Muskie Max. Uh, crankbaitiness, Gear Man rates it a two to three and a half, and Vance likes the the middle of the road five. And they kind of both agree. They want this bait in the deeper water summer months. Um, three to one dive curve. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a neat little bait. All right. Big thanks to Andrew there. All right. Now we're moving on to a casting bait. Uh, name of the company is L.A. Muskie Baits. Okay, what we have an L.A. Glider. So I asked him, I'm like, you know, your initials are in L.A. And he was like, no, L.A. is named after the first initial of his children. Lily, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to mess this up. Asa? I've, I, I, we, we had a short discussion. I've never heard the name ASA before. So, um, the, these are his his kids' names and they were named after, uh, their grandparents. So kind of a cool thing, naming the bait company after, uh, after your kids, you know, the initials of your kids, but they're also the names of your grandparents. So you're kind of going full circle on this one. Uh, this bait maker, he's from West Virginia. Um, Dave French from Shum Shum was an inspiration for uh, for him to start making baits. So uh, I'm just going to, I'll just say his name, Brian. Um, you can find him on Facebook, uh, Brian Lawson. And uh, let's see here. What else do we got here? We have a Western Red Cedar bait. This guy, he double seals them. He puts in uh, magnum screw eyes. And, you know, they're, they're epoxied. 
So here's something interesting. So I asked about, tell me about how you started making baits. He started making baits about five years ago. Well, started fishing about five years ago, and he just wasn't pleased with the baits that he could buy. And uh, he just, he, this is what I was talking about on on uh, when we were doing Andrew's baits, like how someone's magic wood might not be some, you know, another person's magic wood. He was buying baits, and he just didn't feel that they were doing what he wanted them to do. And the the, the thing it's not so much that it's just like <laughs> someone's someone's really good glide bait for them, like in their area, might not be a really good glide bait for another person, and 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 how they fish it. So it kind of said, "Hey, I got to start. I got to start making my own for my own thing," and. Um, the the reason he chose gliders was because this is a bait that you can fish just about any time. I mean, we all kind of talked about it. You know, there's no like wrong time to fish a glider, you know, and you know, I'm going to pick on bucktails here. You're not burning double tens in middle January, but you can fish a glider. You can burn double tens in middle July. You can also fish a glider. I mean, makes sense, right? Fish whenever you want. Yep. Right. Um, let's see here. So uh, I'm looking through my notes here. Uh, he liked to uh, take these things till. Uh, he he went through a lot of just different trial and error stuff. Like a lot of people. Like I like hearing the, this these struggles and, and failures and stuff like that to where it wasn't just, I walked up to the plate my first time ever and I hit a home run, you know, he kept failing, getting back up, getting things figured out. And in the first year that he was making baits, he painted a koi pattern and it wasn't like the first fish on his bait, but this was like the first time he fished this bait and the first cast, uh, he hooked into a big one and he was reeling it in. And, uh, like a good net man, he promptly knocked the bait out of the fish's mouth and the fish swam away, which would have been his personal best. <laughs> so that was kind of like that fun little story. I, I like to get them. Um, here's something interesting. So anyone out there trying to make baits, you know, that like, hey, I think I want to start making my own baits, blah, blah, blah. This is what, Brian did. He couldn't where he's at. There's not a lot of access to some, you know, crazy woods, you know, not that Cedar's crazy wood, but there's some places you just, it's really hard to find. So what he was able to do was he went to Lowe's and he got a Cedar fence post and he started ripping it down. And that's, he was basically milling his own wood out of like split rail fence posts. (laughs) And, uh, Right. I mean, but you, you do what you got to do, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and cedar, cedar's kind of well known for like, it's, it's pretty good moisture resistant and rot resistant. And, uh, you know, this, this man stands behind his work and stuff like that. He, uh, he wants to make the best bait that he can make possible. And, um, you know, find him on Facebook. If, if, if you're interested after we uh, get done doing this, um, this bait review here. So, and these baits are still made from cedar, but he wanted these things to be a little heavier to be a deeper glider. 
He wanted this glider to get down deeper than most. Um, you know, in our conversation, he talked about our stinger. He goes, it's, it's more of a shallow bait. I can't disagree. You're right. You, you start tapping on a stinger, that thing's going to be within a foot of the surface, even if you let it sink down. And sometimes that just takes too long to fish an area. He wants a, a deeper glider. So kind of a neat, a neat take on that. Like the, this is my area. This is what I'm looking to have something do. So, um, that's, that's about my whole little interview thing with him. Um, Vance, I'll let you go first this time. Te- give, give me, well, how about this? Give us some, some takeaways on it. You're, you're looking at the bait. Yeah, I have the uh, privilege of, of looking at all these baits that are right in front of me. And uh, you can tell um, as soon as you pick this thing up that uh, it would be a deeper running glide bait. Uh, it is heavy. It's very dense. Um, so from the interview, uh, you could, I would say that this is what you would want for deeper structure. Um, you know, this bait, dis- this, this bait disappears. You, I could just imagine, you know, even, even though I used it, but even like just picking it up, like if I casted it out, this thing's going to sink and I'm not going to be relying on my visual more feel, uh, when I'm retrieving this bait. Uh, to get it to glide correct correctly um because it is such a sinker so he set the bar where he wanted it and this is a deep running glide which uh, you like i'm gonna harp on this a little bit that is kind of a unique take on a glider it's it, it absolutely is like you could let this thing sink and you, you think of a glider you're, you're working slow you're looking at it all the time uh, you could let this thing sink to the floor and start to glide it off the, the bottom of, of the lake or whatever structure you're fishing. Um, but it's it's got to be feel when you're doing that. Um, there's, you know, you, you can work gliders if you're good at it with your eyes closed, so you don't really need visual. But there is so much in, in gliding, especially when, when I'm guiding and I'm like, let me see if this person's, you, using this glide correctly oh i can see it they are we're good um like i said this is this is all this is all feel um and, it, and it's really cool because you can because you can get it to work you know down deep the, the the one negative about that especially on this bait is you're not going to see the really nice stencil work that he did on it he has a really nice white and black gill. It kind of—I I almost want to say it's like a like a stenciled, like almost sponge. It, it, It's—I'd call it a fire tiger pattern. Orange belly, chartreuse. You got the, fire tiger, hot perch, something like that. Something like that, and it, it is—it is a soft tail. It, it it has a orange rubber tail off the back of it, and it's it's the typical tail that you would see on glide baits. It's kind of longer and, and thinner, you know, kind of reduce the drag, but you still got a little bit of rubber back there. Mm-hmm. Um, shape wise, I would almost almost kind of call it like a drop belly, wouldn't you? I would call it like a a drop belly. It, it, it's it's minor, but it's there. Yes, I bet uh, you cast it, a mile. You could cast this forever. You could probably absolutely. kill someone with it if you hit them right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's. 
that's what you should be thinking about when you're buying baits. But well, hold, I, uh, I I do need to say this: there were some baits at some time when I was fishing a lot in, in uh, Pleasure Boat Lakes that yes, I would be like, this is the one that's going to get me that reach to bounce it off their haul. Oh yeah, you would spoil <laughs> you could spoil yourself with this thing. <laughs> okay, but there is a ne- the negative to it is yes, you the will felony not felony act this. and court costs. <laughs> that of course but you won't be able to see this thing this thing's this thing's painted really really nice uh, there's two different scales on it um very even sponge work bars uh, a very nice fade a gill plate uh really like wild eye on this thing it's almost like a cat eye a really fine gold scale a really fine gold scale around that which is like awesome subtleties and like like a like a Jurassic Park type Velociraptor eye. Yes, yes. But the the in uh, those scales differ from the ones that are on the body, mm-hmm. and with this uh, with the bars on this, it almost kind of looks like a wish, like a Wishmaster style mm-hmm. uh, paint job. So you got these like black bars, but then boom, these gold scales, like with whatever light you're uh, seeing it at really make them pop. Uh, it's, it's a top notch paint job. It's just like, it's really, really gorgeous. Beautiful, brilliant orange uh, on the bottom. Nice epoxy and work. Clean. Yeah. Clean as all get up. I was wondering, I was holding these things and, and there's so much that like goes into a glider when you're making them um, and to get them to run correctly. Has the through wire game entered the glide industry? I can't think of one off the top of my head. They, they, they had to have. It, it had I, to have, but I don't know. I mean, a lot of times, you know, he's using cedar. There's a lot of times people are using like hardwoods and stuff like that, some maples and what have you, to where, mm-hmm. to, I don't know, to me, I, I know we've discussed this, through wire is not the end-all be-all in my book. I'm, oh, 100%. I was just I was just thinking, like, how much, uh, you know, like, what's the next step for these, these gliders? Because they're all, I mean, this thing's beautiful. It's It's like a... It's incredible. And we, you know where we stand on screw eyes versus through wire. We, we do not care. Um, but I was wondering, like, how difficult that would be if you did a through wire bait to get the weight correctly and all that stuff for, for these gliders to work. It would just put a whole other step of, like, terribleness in, in making a glider. It's, you know, it's a, I think it's one of the more difficult baits to make. Um, you know, and it's neat to to hear the trials and, and tribulations of uh, you know how he how he started. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I need cedar. I need to go to Lowe's and you know take a beautiful fence post and use it for something else. Um, and <laughs> you know that's, that's I'm going to really repurpose cool. this, yeah, sir. Why are you buying one fence post? You're like, oh, <laughs> you just wait and see. <laughs> I'm going to catch a musky. We're, we're going to draw a red yeah. flag on this. <laughs> Catch a muskie with his fence post. Really? 
But yeah, this thing uh, aesthetically is is gorgeous. Like I said, it's very heavy to to uh, to hold, um, and you can tell as soon as you pick it up. This thing is a deep structure runner. Um, okay, so now you tie the bait on and you cast out. And like, what what do you? I mean, obviously you're getting the sinking and stuff like that. What what kind of action do you think it has? It runs like a crankbait. I'm kidding. It uh it runs like a glider. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you have to be, you have to be able to feel feel it. That's that's all I can like really say about this. It's it's less visual. All feel, tap, let it go to one direction, and and you have to be able to pick up that line really quickly to get it to go to the other side uh, with a deep runner like this. Um, do do you feel? I know that it, it gets out of sight pretty quickly. Do, do you think it has a belly roll or does it kind of sink? Belly rolls tend to, you know, like on the on the pause, the rocking back and forth, that slows the sink down. Do you think it has any kind of shimmy on the fall or is it just like, no, I'm, I'm getting down there. No, no fun and games. It, We're getting to work. It's extremely, extremely subtle, if, if anything. Uh, but this thing sinks. Okay. That's what it's designed to do. You can just tell. Okay. Do you think it has a, a fast, like overlapping glide, or does it like want to just go off to the moon on one side? I think it. I think it. It's the uh, to be like how I would like to work it. It would be opposite. I would. Uh, I would work it slow. Uh, slower. Uh, over overlap is what you what you. Okay, so like when you when you when you give it give it the the beans, and it shoots mm-hmm. off to one side. Do you think it goes four inches, or do you think it goes forty inches? Oh, it goes. It, it's a, it's a decent amount. I mean, it, it's not it's not a tight tight one at all, unless you're working it extremely tight. If, but like a, like on a I, normal, like you kind of just let this, it go, if, just let it. If I tap this, it it wants to go. It wants to leave, boom, and that and that's why I say you have to be really quick back up on that line, and then go into your into your other tap for it to come back. Uh, it it will just continue to go. So you kind of have to be on top of it, but you can work it slow, like boom, tap, let it go, real, 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 boom, tap, let it go, real, 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 boom, tap, let it go, and that's kind of my cadence of how I worked it, how okay. I liked it the best. With, with how deep it ran. All right. I'm going to kick this one over to Steve. Steve, how, you know, kind of elaborate more on, on like what, what you kind of feel or, you know, keep going with, with what Vance, you know, what, well, how do you feel? So, I mean, you guys hit a lot of high ups, like for, from a weight standpoint, you talk about a, a lure you could throw into the pleasure boaters. Uh, you know, I want to crack their this, hull. Well, this thing you could cast into their living room on their house on the shore. I mean, this thing that'll teach like them forever. I could launch this sucker a mile, like Vance said. Um, <clears throat> from the standpoint of fishing, yeah, you, you probably be, you need to be a little bit more advanced um, on, on uh, as a glide bait <laughs> fisherman because you got to have the cadence, and like Vance said, it's feel. I mean, you got to you know you hit it. And you know that feel. You, you hit it when it's taunt, and you feel when it swings back, and you can tell if you hit it too early or too late because you're just not getting that return. Um, so definitely there's skill to it, but being that it is such a, a deep bait, and like Vance men, I mentioned, that's what it's designed for. So there's an element of 
just having the skills to fish something that deep anyway. I mean, glide baits, you know, just uh, a lot of them you just easily see and fish across the surface. But if you're, if you're going deep weed lines, then, then you're having the confidence to have the skill to fish this sucker. You almost have to, like, um, visualize from, it in your head what it's doing. That's what I mean, yeah. It's yeah. like a, a super field bait. It's, and yeah. and you, you, we're trying to use words, but anybody that's talented at gliding yeah knows what we're talking about yeah i mean yeah i mean because again every yeah it's just it's hard to explain because it's just when you make that tap and you wind in the slack there's an element of pull there is that you know you're ready to go again Mm -hmm. um that again if you don't hit it right it it just won't you know kind of get that cadence where you want it from the style action though so I, i was trying to do shorter casts just to see and when you hit it it would kind of you know it would kind of do like a little bit of a head roll and then a slight tail down uh, a sink, but then, you know, it just kind of disappears quick. And I, I think the tail dampens it a little bit as far as how wide it went for me. The rubber uh, tail. Getting, yeah. That would make see. sense. Yeah. I was probably getting a uh, 12 inch off center a little bit more, maybe up to 15. So it, it, it was decent, but I think that the tail is what was not really and weight because it would kind of hit, go off to the side, kind of that head tilt, and then, you know, the tail would dampen it and they would just like <laughs> start submarining. So, I mean, I, I'm, you know, you can work it fast to keep it higher, but then that, that glides way tighter. Okay. You, now you on your, on to. your, like on your most extreme glides. Okay. Because yeah. obviously you can work this any way you want, but on your most extreme. Yeah. So the 12 to 15 incher, was it a yeah. long long pull or a short, fast load the tip and let the tip throw the bait? Like because you know you, you can put action to a bait I mean, a lot of different ways. How how were you yeah, getting that big long glide? To, you have to be on the tip. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of a a, a snap pull, if you will, and then you, you kind of gave it that, and it just shot, then then glide, and it went down. Um, you know, if if you were doing rapid, just tip 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 tip. Yeah, no, it was a it was kind of a, a, a quick snap, and then a, a I don't know. It's it's so weird to talk about glide bait technique. I know. It's like the, uh, it's like the hardest thing to describe in the base. Yeah. I'm like, good lord, what? Yeah, why can't like I you, say what it is? Yeah, you kind of hit it with the tip and then a follow through. How's that? <laughs> okay, you know, because like I I try to describe like at least on the stinger, for me it's not like you don't have to have a fast a fast action. Just get the tip to load and let the tip throw the bait. You know, I didn't know if you need a little more throw. muscle into this. Yeah, you need it. It was the it was the tip load to turn it, and then the kind of the the pull, the backbone uh, of the rod to kind of to give it the the juice to throw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you were to do the tip, it would just kind of turn the head, and you weren't getting that block. I you guess that's what I meant. It's, it's there's a little more advanced skill to this than just like you said throwing a tip off any of the glider. There's mm-hmm. a cadence with the pull and the tip and the kind of follow through, and and once you got it, I mean, it worked nice when you got that feel down. Um. But you got yeah. But there's, there's like going back to it. There's really not another really deep glider that I know of. No, yeah. I mean, nope. yeah. I'm not saying there isn't one. I just I haven't been, you know, privy to see it or or yeah. get our hands on them. But you know, it's kind of it's kind of a neat thing. I mean, you know, we've talked about gliders a lot, and you know, mm-hmm. like one one that you know, I don't even know if they still make them, but like to me. You know, the hot glider 10 years ago was a phantom and those things pretty much crisscrossed on their own, you know, within their own body length. 
and yeah. people loved it. And then you have some other gliders that you like, like maybe like a Manta when you, you tap it, that thing shoots off 20, 30 inches, yeah. but there's no depth to them. No. So, no. I mean, it's kind of a neat, a neat take on this. If you're fishing deeper holes and stuff and you know, right. you, it is not easy. Like as soon as you learn how to work a glider, you're like, man, that was easy. But try to talk someone through working a glider. Oh yeah, it, you know, I know. It, it's it's almost like kind of embarrassing for the for the person. They're like, I don't know why I don't get this, and I'm like, no, just quick look, a quick little tip load, and you, you just see like their arms not working right. I'm like, ah, let's just change baits. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like once you get it, you got it. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might skin your knee the first couple times, but once you're like, oh, just balance. Why didn't you tell me just to balance? Like, well, I have, but. I can't, I can't get you to balance by telling you to. So, yeah, that's glider fishing. Yeah. Okay on on the gliderness scale, one being a really tight flip flop on itself, a ten being a wide. Now I got to write this new word down because since you guys can't come up with words, I got to make my own up. Gliderness. <laughs> Glideriness. Gliderness scale. Gliderness. One being huh. tight, ten being the widest you could ever imagine. What kind of glide do you think you got under optimal maximum glide conditions? Someone go. All right. Well, go okay. So, um, and this is an opinion. Like I mean, four. like Vance. Vance might have, you know, fished gliders that are more tend to be tight and you might be wide. I mean, there's no wrong answer here. So. Well, so like I'm looking at like a 10. It used to be a, a bikini bay called Turmoil X or something. That sucker went so wide it was ridiculous. So that's kind of my 10. Okay. Um, and and I don't even know what a 1 is. Who knows? A straight straight retrieve. So I'm, I'm going to go like the 4, 5 range. Like it's, it's in the middle of the road. Like I said, I don't think you're going to get those 30 inches off this thing, but you can get a good clean 15 off the one side and 15 to the other kind of thing. If you get that cadence down well enough. So I'm going to go mid road. Okay. I was, I was going to do four as well. Uh, and 10 on depth. <laughs> 10 on depth. <laughs> Which yeah. that, that, the, Again, that's Deftiness. the cool thing about it is it, if it, if it stays down that deep, you might not want to cast this over, you know, cabbage that's two foot under the surface. No, but you all. get off the edge of that cabbage, and this thing's going to be right down in there. Huge deep structure, huge deep current breaks. This thing would shine there. Okay, that's yeah. when and where would you run it? Huge deep. Huge deep. <laughs> where? <laughs> like yeah, like you know, deep structure. Uh, on a reservoir, big. Like stupid random stumps down there, stump fields. You know where you but can like, lose the bait, and you have to keep buying more from them. Like right on the on the side of it. I I think I don't think this bait would hang up like terribly. It's a glider, hit it head first, get back on your tap. But you know, uh, deep current breaks on a river. Uh, you know, some still water right next to the moving water. This thing would be killer. Gets way down deep, and yeah, and those. You know what I just said there about the current breaks. I mean, some of them might not be big. You know, it might just be like a small eddy or something. But instead of working the uh, the short eddy, uh, 
reaches back to you, you can now do it really deep and work this thing uh, rather than just coming straight back to you. It's coming back to you from the floor. And uh, and so that's where I I would like, I would run it, you know, on a right next to some moving water. Uh, What, what season? Fall. Fall fatties. Big fall fatties. Okay, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't fish river much, but I, I could see this being very beneficial. Uh, uh, bigger river kind of bait where you got those deeper holes or your, your sandbars are coming off where you kind of create those uh, eddy flows. You can kind of work on the edge of those. Or weed lines, you come out from a weed line that might be 12, 14 foot deep and come out, you know, a little bit off of that and, and just start working all different levels. I mean, I don't think fish sitting at the base of those weeds see any gliders down that deep. So it's definitely going to be something unique. So I'd say summer in the fall, you could probably work that sucker. Very good. All right. So LA bait, musky baits. Uh, we got Brian Lawson, you know, find him on Facebook. You know, you got a cedar bait that's really heavy, you know, top quality construction here. Um, about an average glide width, but where it uh, takes a different is how deep it goes, as we've described many times. Um, I'd say it's a average-priced, handmade, you know, low-quantity bait right now. Uh, look them up on Facebook, and um, you know, as where where we would want to fish it is huge, deep, and summer, fall. So. And I do have one question though. So okay. if he's buying this out of a fence post, this might be the only treated bait that uh is out there <laughs> maybe now he started off with a fence post i think since then he is he, oh, has, okay. he has graduated into not so fence posty so it's no longer a creosote uh, piece of wood <laughs> yeah no it's 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 he's not stealing uh power poles <laughs> <laughs> oh well just had to ask <laughs> yeah he's he's taking railroad ties from <laughs> from the locomotives <laughs> I like it. I like the story about that, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the last one, which is a really big crankbait. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is uh, Leela Lures. We uh, we reviewed the Spud last time, and we also had, uh, what was it? We had Greg on the show, and... um, you know, let's let's talk about this bait. I'm going to give a quick recap. Anyone that needs to, to know a little bit more, um, you know, you can listen to the other show. But he is st- he started making baits in uh, 2018. He was screwing around in 2017. Here's another cedar bait, but instead of western red, this is yellow cedar. Uh, a through wire construction, uh, the thick wire, the the one sixteenth. Says it's a nine inch bait, but my memory tells me it seems a lot bigger. That must just be the body, not the lip. Can it's you the body? Yeah, yeah, and um, big, thick lip too. We're talking quarter inch Lexan, and it is pinned and screwed, inch and a half screws. Uh, he kind of went overkill on that because uh, wants to smash the bottom, smashing bottom dives very deep as it is written right here. Uh, it's very similar dive curve to a legend plow and it pulls really hard. And as written here, maybe too hard for common tackle. 
So you better bring your A game with this one. Um, as we talked last time, he does not feel that he's very good with the airbrush. <laughs> so um, he kind of relies heavily on other techniques to finish this bait. And I can tell you this, uh, looking at the picture and remember what this thing looked like, this these other techniques, he's getting really good results with it. Uh, Blue Water Baits, Lydio, had helped him along the way. You know, we're giving shout-outs to everyone that's kind of helped. I mean, every every bait here tonight, we've mentioned another bait builder. Um, so, you know, is a good guy, and he, uh, he owes him much credit. Um, all right. Uh, I'm reading here. He has about... He doesn't make a bunch of these, but there's maybe about 400 right now out there. And, um, you know, this, this is a, a higher end, higher market bait. And, um, let me, let me see here. And that's about, that's about what I got for, for that. So Vance, if you want to talk about, since it's in your hand right now, go for it. Yeah in my hand right now um, picking it up this thing's heavy it's large it, it's a nine inch bait but it's a big nine inch bait uh everything about it is is built for something big when you when you hold on to it uh, the lexan lift is looks like it could take a beating um even down to the split rings that he uses uh, these things like almost have they're not like rounded uh split rings on the side they they're almost flat it's like if you would take your split ring and put it on a belt sander that's how it is so it, it looks like bare it just looks really really heavy duty um his technique since he's not good at the airbrush which is a lie um is Really, really stunning. I mean, this bait pops. I would, I would call this a Cisco pattern. Um, you got a gill plate. Uh, you can see three gill lines on it. Um, there's some red underneath that with next to no overspray on that. So, again, I don't know. A really um, nice shadowy, but they're stenciled yeah. fin. He's not bad at the airbrush. And a a painted on airbrushed fin, which looks really friggin' good. Also good on the airbrush. Um, and then there's, it's, it's kind of a uh, shift color. Like what, what did we use? House of color, Andy or something? Yeah, there was a, uh, either house of color or spastic. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the shift changes, but it's not, not overbearing at all. This looks like a, it, it's it's silver blue purpley hue, uh, but more of a silver base. And even underneath that, I was talking like about that his spud that walleye has these like really cool little natural looking scales. Um, they're on here again, um, and that I believe is from the airbrush. And I mean, just a big stunner. Uh, lots of epoxy built to last. Um, this is a big water style bait. 
yeah, Steve, do you have any do you have any comments on on the appearance and you know initial? Well, and, and I mentioned this on the other one. What I like what he does is is the the tie point or the the point, uh, I don't know what you call the hook. The hook rings you put the split ring and he inverts hook 90 hangers. degrees um so he has that in the middle so that again when you, you you lay the hook down the welded hook part comes up and you can tee the other two evenly uh versus the other ones that are kind of parallel to the length of the bait now you're kind of bending that front hook slightly while you're teeing it so i always man i thought that's a cool feature that helps you uh to your bending your hooks less and get a nice true T out of it. So I like that. And I, I love, there's like a translucentness on the fins on the side, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, and then like, you know, if I also remember there's a lot of blood up front, like this thing spitting up blood, <laughs> which I thought was cool. It has <laughs> like sponged. Gullet. Yeah. Sponged gullet. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, absolutely beautiful bait. I got it. Yeah. Really nice. All right. Who wants to talk about how it ran? I'll go. This thing uh, disappears quick. It thumps. Uh, when I first put it out, I, I thought to my, to my head, I, I said that this thing, I, I bet you I could get this down 30 feet um, if I really wanted to. Um, that's how hard this thing pulls. Um, you do d- definitely need a little bit uh, stouter of a rod. It can't be as givey. Um, if you want it to stay in if you're running it in a big spread, if you're running it with uh, just a one rod spread, it doesn't really matter. But uh, the thing pulls so so hard uh, that if you have a very uh, maybe a medium action trolling rod, uh, it might pull your tip out of, out from the waterline. This thing pulls very very hard, um, and it's got a great thump to it. It's not like a minnow walk or anything like that. This thing is just aggressive dives deep and thumps extremely hard there's no walk to it nothing like that this thing is just a big huge thumper and i think that that comes with uh the lip angle uh the tie point uh for where you you attach your leader uh is well under the nose and in midline of the bait um and this thing is meant to get down and thump hard and, and smash and uh i think he's he's hit that Nice. Steve, you want to add to it? Yeah, well, so <laughs> I thought, you know, I want to see, let's see what this bait really can do at speed. So I, I cranked the drag all the way down. Again, four, four miles, easy, five. I went all the way up to seven and a half, holding on to this rod to dear life, and it's pulling drag out of a lockdown reel because it's just so much resistance to it. But on the thing, like Van said, it, it – just kept thumping. It was just true. Kept, you knew it was there. It wasn't like blowing out or nothing at seven and a half. And I, I, I had to tone it down because I thought I'm going to either lose this rod or break the drag. But it, it just, it really has a ton of pull. You know, it's there. It's very consistent. It gets deep instantly. Um, Is yeah, there any surprises with it something. with it swimming? What's that? Any surprises? Yeah. No, I mean it, it just had that traditional thick wide kind of thumping consistent thumping that you know it just but it was i mean what was nice about it it, it you're going fast but the thing looks like it's kind of just i don't know how to say it's just kind of like an ease kind of swim to it so it's a deceiving how fast it's going because of how wide the thump is and it's just like 
you know, if you're a bait fish seeing it move, but it has this kind of relaxed gait to it, like it's, it's guards down. I, I, I could see why this thing would get crushed in some of those big waters. Cause you can just see a big fish fall on this thing. And, you know, look at this thing you know, here and just crushing it, you know? Yeah. The shape of it's real cool too. It's very fishy. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it, it just kind of looks like if you were about to fillet like a, a nice big fat perch. Um, yeah. That's how this thing looks. It's it's really really set like just sound. Love it. Did any of you guys test it really far out? No. Or, or, no, or were you or were you scared it. of losing it? Yes, I, I I wasn't putting it. Uh, I wasn't putting it. You was you weren't making it dig clams. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, the lake I was on, Andy. Uh, yeah, you, you'd you know, snag like the only there. rope that's floating the on the bottom. Part. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, now, Steve, did you put the rod in a holder or were you? did you hold on to the rod? No, I was holding it because I want to get the feel of the lure. So I, for all these reviews, I, I'd hold it for a while. I was like coming around the lake a little bit. Um, so, so hold on to it at seven and a half was tough because that, that butt of the rod was jamming in my rib and, and I'm, I'm holding the you know, front end of it so it doesn't uh, dump in. So it, 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 it pulls, man. I, I felt it direct what kind of a pull it has. So I don't know what it would do in a rod holder. I'm sure your rod holders, it would hold it fine, but some of those other plastic ones, I'm not sure. No yeah. way would the things last. It would be yeah. destroyed. So what you're <laughs> saying is the owner of this bait probably should it, should consider before putting it out, making sure their equipment is up to snuff, just like the oh, note absolutely. said. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These baits are awesome. Like yeah, just are. making them for however many years and how little, little they've been out. I, I really think these can do some damage. I think they're underrated. Uh, Whole, everything about it just screams big water, and uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice about you know grabbing this thing and, and throwing it out there. I, I think that's where we differ, because when I had it here the whole time, I did not want it out in the open. I wanted to put it in the museum. So yeah. thinking twice would be something I would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these things are awesome. They're money. All right, so we got a big honking crankbait that likes to go deep. So on the crankbaitiness scale, one being tight like a uh, rattle trap and 10 being a wide, where, Steve, where are you putting this on the scale? Ooh, man, maybe an eight. I mean, it, it, it it's wide. I mean, again, it's not like a walking wide. It's just a big kind of meandering crankbait consistent wide. So I'm, I'm going to go around an eight. Okay, Vance. Yeah, on the crank baitiness, I would say I'm gonna go with like a six, and on the thump, I'm gonna go ten. Okay, when you guys, you know, these are kind of on the higher side. Um, does this does like the whole bait kind of move back and forth, or does it like kind of pivot in the middle when it's when it's swimming? Like, how is this thing crankbaiting? Like, is is it like kind of pivoting at the tail? Like the tail hook kind of stays stationary, and the fronts 
going back and forth or is it like kind of pivoting at the tie point and like the rear ends going like, do you guys, even... uh, I would say it's off the center. You think it's yeah. center? Yeah. yeah both the front and back yeah. move a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's center. I mean, I, I would. Yeah. So like if you were to like take your hand and grab onto the bait in the middle and then start spinning your wrist, that's where it's the, the, the pivot point is, is in the middle of the bait. Yeah. Yep. From the center. Okay. Yeah, it, it, yep. Now, so it's having a wide on the center. Is it, is it a fast wide or is it like, eh, it's going to every, every second it does like one. No, one it's side. fast. Okay. I think it's all a function of speed too, obviously. So uh, obviously, yeah. Like if you would, yeah. you probably could like run this thing at three, two and it'll be wider, but yeah. I like big. I like the way that this thing looks at speed. It's moving off the center. It's the whole bait's moving, and it's just got an incredible thump to it. it yeah, it's a hammer. It is a hammer. I'd give it that. <laughs> what at what speed do you think the bait actually starts working? Because you know, I still find it hard to believe that it's a nine-inch bait, but it's like eleven inches with the lip maybe yeah. even longer than that. So the body is nine, but there's like certain speeds. Like if you have a bait that tends to hold better at a higher speed, it's slow speed tends to suffer. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys even played around with this, but where do you feel like this thing starts getting to be like, ah, I guess a fish could hit it about this speed. Oh man. Well, I started at three and a half, went up to seven and man, it was, it was moving at three and a half. Like I said, the thumping, it was a little bit, um, wider crankbaitiness, if you will, but it still had the action. It was consistent through the center, like we talked about. It just was the boom, boom, boom. You know, it's kind of, and then when you go fast, it's still doing the same kind of thing. Uh, obviously, higher frequency, but it's it, it still had action to it. So I don't, I, mean, I didn't go less than three and a half with this one. So I don't know if you're, you know, you're looking at a 2.8 or something, what it's doing. Um, but with that lip, it's grabbing water and moving somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Vance, so. you feel that's about right? Yeah, I'm there. Uh, I, I I would run it fast, you know, yeah. like four four two probably would be like optimal for this. Uh, you could grab it and run it uh, in you know big water early, and you can at a, at a good at a, a good uh, you know normal trolling speed like we do down here, mm-hmm. uh, and you can you know work it slow like a believer style. Um, it's very versatile, and that's why I think it's it's super. It's like an underrated bait. I, I don't think it's been out there much, um, but if you get one in your boat, you'll be like, "Whoa, this thing is awesome!" Okay, to- where would you guys feel this bait would shine? Season and in the spread. Let's say any deep basin lake are you talking big water medium small i'll talk you can do it chautauqua lake you can do it up in the bay i think it's predominantly you know it feels like a canadian bait i would love to run this in the georgian bay uh in the beautiful water up there um and in the fall you like the fall huh Love the fall, yeah. 
All right. Steve, how about you? So you're asking where I would run it, where I think it would work, or where would a person just run it? Because if it's me... Like like in your ideal, rough. like I hand you that bait, and I, you have to give me the scenario that you want to see this play out. On the wall. That sucker's a collector's item. It's awesome looking. <laughs> I'd put in a 100-foot reservoir with no trees, so I never snagged the thing. <laughs> but if you're telling me, okay, you're going to use it, like, hey, don't worry about that, use it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with Vance. You're going big water. Uh, you, you, like a, you could run it uh, probably in the northern part of Chautauqua. I, I, man, I don't, I don't know how deep the St. Lawrence is, but that, you know, Georgian Bay, I, I, yeah, St. Clair might even be too shallow for that thing. Um, you know, so it, it's big water bait. It's, it, and I think you probably do it in the summer because if you want speeds out of it, but it, I think it really in the fall would be nice just with that thump. And man, I just can't help but uh, think that would draw some in. So, yeah. Excellent. So yep. what what we uh, what we got here is we got a a nine inch crankbait that fishes bigger. It, it's you know it, 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 it I don't know. Like I said, like it, it's weird for me on crankbaits and stuff because like do you count the lip or you don't count the lip? I consider this to be on the bigger part of big baits. Um, it fishes big because of just how hard it pulls. Mm-hmm. This bait in particular has a lot, like, you would look at it quickly glance. Like, if you had, like, a half a second to look at it, you would be like, ah, this is a basic pattern. But there's a lot of subtleties, a lot of details that you get when you actually start studying this bait. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's sneaky deep on its, on its, on its chart there of just uh, tactics, you know, and techniques used on its painting. Uh, high quality through wire bait, big, heavy construction. Um, it can go fast. It can also, it, it, it can hang out at the slower speeds too. Um, crank baiting this scale. We're going to be on the upper part of this thing. This thing likes to pivot in the middle and have, have a more of a wide, um, frequency that it, that it goes with. And no surprise there. Um, you're talking big water, big fish cooler temperatures you know getting down in you know in the fall fall time um a really really generous donation from greg and and leela lures so uh thank you guys for uh for doing all this and um those are the three baits is there anything that i missed guys that you want to speak up on any of these i just want to thank those guys again um all great baits yeah so yeah, and thank you, thank you guys for letting me be a part of this again because it's fun to you know I love gears so I, I get geeked up over this so it was cool to cool to have the opportunity to run them. It's also it's also fun to like we're going to play scientist, not just throw this thing out and let it out there and you know close the spool up or do whatever you do. It's it's neat when you actually start breaking it down and you come up with new words. It makes you feel smart. <laughs> and the words actually make you sound dumb. Except, <laughs> except for the people that aren't smart, they think you're stupid. <laughs> Crankbaitiness, glideriness, deftiness. <laughs> but you guys understand what I'm talking about. That's the whole point of language. My God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> We've been hanging around Andy too long that we get his language now. <laughs> That's right. To, to make a word, you just have to describe it in as few words possible and then make it into a word. Just smush them together. <laughs> the three of us know what we're talking about. 
And I guess that's I'll all that matters. The audience might be like, I have no idea what <laughs> is. We are all now stupid for having listened to it. <laughs> Thank God have mercy on yourself. <laughs> A simple wrong would have done just fine. <laughs> Okay. Right on. This this is so fun. I hope we can continue to do it in the future. And thank you to everybody that that donated. And like I said, we're going to do this at the turn of the year, after the holidays. Um, and if people feel so to be generous to donate uh, and get a couple spots, you're going to get some great baits uh, out of these lots. It's going to be one winner um, per, per lot. show. Yeah, per show. Yeah, per show. And. Um, just thank you for that, but it's it's not going to happen until you know for a couple months from now. So. All right, and with that, I'm going to tease this next one up because I've been kind of teasing. Uh, the next show, we're going to have another uh, spray bomb bait. Uh, we're going to have a DK, and like the big one that people are all like knocking down my door to try to figure out. I'm going to put Gear Man on the spot. Yeah. Do not give away what it is, but tell about how cool this bait is. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> Don't give it away. Well, well, uh, let's just put it this way. It wasn't coming back. Um, <laughs> just not. It was. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, which way? Which, which one are you talking about? I'm, I might be confused on this one. Well, we're, we're talking about the CBW. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about DKs, or oh, you're talking this one. I'm talking about oh, yeah, yeah. So we we got a big we got a big honking DK. We're gonna be we're playing with. Yeah, now that one. Okay, so that one I almost didn't get back. But you're talking. Oh, I know what you're talking about now, buddy. Yes. Okay. The top oh, secret yeah. one, the one that yeah, I, as I described last night, talking to Andrew, I, it's gonna be a major letdown for a lot of people. But there's gonna be people that are gonna go bananas over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's man. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to give this one away. It's it's fun. It certainly has a little bit of versatility. If you um, like to tinker, yeah, no, d- yeah, definitely. This this has a. <laughs> oh yeah, you better stop because I'm ready to say something, man. I can't, I can't because I've been fishing this thing for a while. So, do okay. do you think that there? Do you think like if we have it at the booth at the Musky Max, there's going to be a lot of immature joking arounds with it? Oh, get well. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. I mean, you know that's happening. Um, but yeah, I, I just think the interest will be, will be there because there's so many unique applications for it. Do you feel this bait has already been made? Not in the musky world, no. Not that I've seen. Okay, yeah, musky world, what we're talking about. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's especially going to be fun because either I got to make them or I got to meet up with Vance and, and show him how to make them. And uh, then we got to, you already have what some. What are you talking about? I'm going to be making them. Well, I might be making the ones you guys test. Oh. I'm talking about yeah, in the short ahead, term right freaking... now. Okay. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and pump them out, man. Let's do it. Yeah, it all depends on when we meet up. <laughs> So, uh, I'll defend when we meet up and you give me a whole 
like truckload of stuff that I just gave you a couple months ago. <laughs> that I that I, I promptly spilled all over the floor and, and just walking through it with my sandals and rags on the floor like a crazy cat lady in newspaper. I, I, I would just you know, hopefully we're gonna get Todd back on, on track here with, with this stuff. Uh do not either of you, not that I'm I'm worried about this. I don't know if he really knows about this, so I'm going to just be curious to see when it shows up and be like... That's the best thing, because I know he's going to hate it. I know that, too, but we're going to, like, you're going to test this, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that's the... He's just like... Well, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, like, what do you you want me to do with this thing? Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, it's just like the stamp of, like, disapproval. Uh, like when me and Andy would be like, yeah, well, you know, the, the boat's only going 51 mile an hour and we need it to go like a thousand. We need it to go Todd 53. Like, and Todd was like, what, what, what's the difference? I have no idea. Like, what, why would you do that? Well, it's called so, the sound barrier and we really want to break it. <laughs> but that's how, uh, I can't wait to present it and just see his reaction because uh, stuff like that is so priceless. <laughs> to get Todd's like honest fatherly advice on it. He gets a package. Like, very disappointed in you guys. <laughs> he gets a package and I get a call. He's like, What the F is this? What am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> Todd, you're required to catch a muskie for the show, okay? Oh man. It would be hilarious if it like really angered him. And, and like in the scenes, he just was like whip, whipping it everywhere and just freaking like <laughs> ripping it in half. And, and then he sets it in the water and the fish go nuts. <laughs> and so now he's conflicted. Man, this thing just hammering him, but I hate it. <laughs> what do I do? Ah, he's screaming. There's such a fun backstory with this, too. So we'll get into that. Um, the, yeah. the the name the CBW, yes. Well, and, and I, you know, again, I, I've been very privileged to be able to uh, fish this. Thing. I already have three or four variations of this sucker. You know what I did with the swimmer and, and like eight or nine variations. I already got ones with this. So I, I think what's limiting your variations is the fact that you only gave you like three of them. Yeah, but you and I don't get to fish much. Like that hurts. But yeah, you're pivotal on this. Yes, you know, you were. Like our number one guy for this. Uh, we uh, also we also have and, another tester. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to drop names. There is another tester that's going to hop on <laughs> the show. It's going to be a brief cameo just for the CBW, though. Oh, man. He won't be for the whole show, though? Uh, absolutely not. I was, I, I think I, 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 I'm pushing my luck on this one. So yeah. <laughs> we have, and we're not going to talk about it. That That's going to yeah. be at the, at the next show, which... We'll probably have one one more podcast in between these, so hmm. so we got a. I'm month. excited for it now, man. I, I I'll talk about it. It'd be cool. Oh, you're probably going to be doing the most talking. Yes. All right, I'm in, man. <laughs> so, all right. With that, big thanks everyone again. Uh, Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, Saint Croix Rods, Vix Marine, Ranger Boats, and Aqua Traction. Um, everyone, everything's starting to get good. I think we're kind of out of the dog days of summer. We're starting to break into fall. So, uh, good luck hunting, good luck fishing, and thanks for listening.